One. Well, hey, everybody, Dave DeBow here. Another exciting episode for you. We've got two real estate investors, a power couple. We got Brandon Terry and his lovely wife, Shelly Ace Fjord, zooming in all the way from Cottage Country, Ontario. These guys have got a really interesting story and they're doing some cool stuff, juggling life, juggling family, juggling new, pretty newborn kids and juggling a growing concern of a real estate investing portfolio focused on short-term rentals. So Brandon and Shelly, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you doing, Dave? I'm doing great. Great to have you here, you guys. So let's get started. Tell me a little bit about where is your real estate investing business right now? What does your portfolio look like? What kind of deals do you do? What kind of properties do you have? Uh, where do you like to own properties? So I'll start out with the uh, college country portion. Uh, it's actually Manitoba instead of uh, Ontario. Wow, uh, I screwed that up big time, didn't I? All right, Manitoba. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, so we're about an hour north of uh, Winnipeg in Gimli, Manitoba. Um, it's cottage country, uh, smaller town, but it's definitely kind of one of the Muskoka areas-ish of, um, if we're going to relate it to Ontario, uh -huh. uh, of Manitoba. And so what we have right now is we have a mix of long-term and short-term rentals. Um, so we have a couple Airbnbs, uh, small multifamily and some single families. And um, really it's, it's about having the kind of diversified portfolio. So you have a bit of mix of both and, and all that stuff. And I think we have seven properties now. So nice. Yeah. And nice. we actually sold off a few because of COVID. So. So Shelly, you guys have a mixed portfolio, but if you had to pick one, what's your favorite kind? What's your, your favorite strategy? Uh, I would say just short terms. I, I enjoy that because we have an amazing property manager. So we have kind of a well-oiled machine now where, you know, we handle all of our long terms ourselves, but the short terms, everything is taken care of, but we still get to do some fun stuff of renovations whenever we want to listen to, you know, the customer, the client um, comments, and we'd make improvements every year and do sort of fun stuff like that. So can kind of set it and forget it, but then I get to go in and improve things whenever I want. So that's, that's really the fun part. And then, like I said, we found a great property manager that really makes our life easier. So that's my fave. So you're one of those people I admire. You're one of those handy kind of folks. I'm about as handy as a foot. So God help us all if if I'm in charge <laughs> of doing any of that kind of stuff. That's really interesting. So you guys have a mix. You've got long-term buy and hold. Uh, sounds like you've got a, a small multi in there, maybe a couple of smaller type properties in Try that mix. You guys self-manage those. And then remind me, how many... Airbnb or short-term rental type properties do you have in the portfolio right now? Currently two, but technically three. We have one that's rented long-term. Okay, but you got two two on the platform yeah. as short-term rentals. Yeah. And those, like um, like Shelly was mentioning, are, are set and forget because you've got management there. Because again, this is what a lot of people think of when it comes to short-term rentals. Hey, I love the idea of the cash flow, but hey, I hate the idea of changing sheets. Right. I don't want to be a chambermaid, is, so to speak. Yeah. That is why we got a property manager because yeah. we started arguing over cleaning. He thought I was over cleaning almost to make him mad. And we just said we 
we need to find someone else to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, you hit the nail on the head like that. It was exactly why we ended up getting a property manager. Oh, that is, that is so exciting. So backing up a little bit, you guys, had you both been doing real estate investing before you met, or was this something you started doing as a couple? Walk us through how did how did this get rolling? Um, actually, uh, right before Brandon and I met, um, I had my own place in Gimli, and then I decided to buy a cabin as something to do. And it was local, it was fun, and it was just a really good intro project because it's a cabin. Yeah, you know, if things aren't exactly straight, level, whatever the expectation wasn't wasn't to, you know, re-drywall everything. You know, you take a strainer, you pour it through and you make a little nice lampshade out of it. Yeah. Really like fun, put the surfboard on the wall. <laughs> and then when Brandon and I met, um, we ended up renting out my place. Then we moved in together mm -hmm. and then we bought another cabin and we slowly, like we were both into the real estate game. So, and we were both into renos and things like that. So that was something that was like our hobby. And then we just slowly like got bigger and bigger. So it was another cabin. And then we moved to our first house and we just did all different types of, of flips. Well, burrs. Yeah. And um, there was always a different point to it of whether we wanted to do something totally ourselves or another one was to turn it over really quickly and use uh, contractors and do more, more of the... Yeah, the more, general contractor yeah. type thing, just kind of exactly. overseeing the contractors. Yeah. Yeah. The project management portion yeah. to try that out. So we're really just able to do whatever, <laughs> whatever we kind of feel like doing, whether it's, um, whether we feel like we're too busy and we want to do something quick or whether we want to do something that's a bit more involved. We just kind of choose on, uh, on how we are at the moment. It depends on <laughs> where the wind's blowing and what you guys feel like that day. Is that, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Very and if cool. we don't really want it, then we'll put in a really low offer and then we end up getting it and go. Uh, <laughs> I've had a few of those. Those are those are always fun. I really don't want this property. So I'll just low ball them and make them an insulting offer. And hopefully they walk away and they say, yes, it's like, oh, not such a bad deal. Yeah, after of it. That's definitely happened before. So. Has it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And for us too, in terms of like from where we started, our portfolio looks completely different from where it was. Because we started off like Shelly's cabin was like, a $70,000 cabin right. and now we're into like lakefront more like luxury style airbnb yep. stuff yeah. um so we've sort of shifted and rotated into different things that are advantageous along the way so our listeners can't see this but you guys are a young couple it's it's not like you're an old fart like me that's been doing this stuff for <laughs> decades and decades this, so this is a pretty pretty quick uh you know process or a pretty quick journey so far for you guys yeah. relatively speaking for an older person it's only been about five years yeah six years yeah yeah so you guys have done a lot of stuff in a relatively condensed period of time what brandon let me ask you this question so from where you are right now to 12 months from now are you got what do you what do you guys want to do over the next year what you want to kind of keep it loosey-goosey and whatever whichever way the wind takes you or do you have a kind of a strategic plan well we're kind of flexible at the moment just based on the market uh we're in an interesting period right now but so at the moment uh pre like at the kind of end portion of covid we financed out a whole bunch of money so we're sitting on a whole bunch of cash just waiting to go and buy a whole bunch more places 
Um, something we're talking about too that I just talked about today is uh, potentially building a restaurant, which is sort of outside of the real estate thing. But it, it, I'm more interested in the real estate side, right? Okay. Um, so so, so buying the property, building the restaurant, or buying an existing thing, and being your own landlord—is is that what I'm kind of pretty much? Doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd have a partner to do the operation side, and then I manage the the real estate portion. Oh, perfect. So you don't have to be flipping burgers. You're, you're literally the landlord and, and you partnered up with somebody to run the business, run the restaurant itself. That would be the general idea. I mean, I have a vested interest. If I needed to flip a burger, I guess I'd have to, but. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of how we roll. Legitimately, that was talked about this morning. Someone came yeah. over for coffee and that's where the conversation went. And now there's a group chat going and we'll see where it goes. Nice. Yeah, so everything goes on there's a couple other opportunities in terms of multifamily stuff that i'm waiting for like um stuff that's potentially vtb uh related v vendor so take back mortgage yep mm -hmm. so there's a 10 plex that i'm looking at that i've already talked to him he's just and it's a guy who's just waiting and he's enjoying being a landlord at the moment until he doesn't and then we've already set some stuff up so that's potentially there as well whenever he comes back so Awesome. And Shelly, what about the short-term rentals? You got a couple that you got on their go. Sounds like you got a really good management company taking care of the nitty-gritty stuff for you. Any thoughts about doing more of those or, or is the market saturated where you're at? That's interesting of whether the market is getting saturated or not. Um, because obviously, for most of us that had short-term rentals um, during COVID, at first we were really afraid, but understood that since we were just a short bit outside the city, mm -hmm. we we had our um, we probably doubled the amount of bookings that we had. Yeah. We were booked absolutely solid. Now it seems like everyone wants to get into that game around mm -hmm. here, and now there might be. Um, it's going to depend because it's smaller towns like ours where it is uh cottage country they're starting to put restrictions on airbnbs so i think we'll be a little bit cautious at the moment but really um i think i would be more interested in just seeing if something comes along um at a good price point for we have a lot of uh ukrainian refugees here okay and we would like to be able to purchase uh homes for them to rent for an affordable price but you know, it, it's pretty rare right now to be finding something under $200,000 even. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So that's different ideas that we have, but we'll just see when the opportunity comes. We don't really chase too much. That's really cool. So, just out of a logistical question here that comes to my mind, and for our listeners down in the States and who aren't familiar with Canada that much, uh, Manitoba is kind of right smack in the middle of the country. And it's uh, it's famous for beautiful lakes and it's wonderful for cottage country in the summertime. Winters are pretty famous as well, but but on the cold side of things. So what does your short-term rental business look like off-season? Or is there an off-season? Or how does that look? Do you shut down for a few months or you just chug along uh, through, through the winter? No, we chug, we chug along through. So first of all, the summertime um pays for the entire year mm -hmm. uh so the summer portion so everything outside of that is actually quite irrelevant mm -hmm. um the way we have our property management structure is it's on percentage basis so if there's no bookings we're not paying her so that's a nice portion yeah. of it um in terms of the winter time there's the ice fishing um so we drop about 
25 to 50%, depending on the month in terms mm -hmm. of bookings. And then the shoulder seasons, like spring and fall, people are coming out for date nights. And those are yeah. kind of just irrelevant. And if somebody comes, it's great. If it's gravy. Doesn't, it's all gravy. Yeah. It's all gravy yep. at that point. But basically, it sounded like it is, I mean, summertime's prime time. You're booked mm -hmm. wall to wall all summer long. But then you yeah. also have some fairly regular bookings, but maybe not a week at a time type thing throughout yep. the year uh, yep. that, that help cover costs and, and add to the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty sparse, but uh, December, January, February, every weekend, most of the time is booked. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. All right. So you, you guys have done a lot in five short years. Um you know, what would you say is, is slowing you down right now? If anything, it sounds like you're going concerned, but is there anything that's kind of growing concern? Yeah. <laughs> Our kids. Timing kid. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So tell us about that. You got two little ones, correct? At the moment that, that we're recording this. Yeah. We have a four-year-old and a six-month-old. So yeah, things are quite hectic between people being up at night and craziness and just the dependency of being able to get away and do something and come back. And uh, we both have full-time jobs as well. So okay. we operate outside of that. Um, Shelly may actually stay home. And the, the nice part is that the real estate's facilitated that once um, she's done her, her uh, maternity leave. Um, um, yeah, no, it's been pretty much just I've taken more of a backseat to the Shelly Beach rentals because it was just too much. And yeah. um, and just learning how to streamline things and make things more efficient where we don't need to be doing so much. And also just like having really good connections with our contractors and um, yeah, just making really good relationships has made things so much easier to get anything done. But, you know, kids are only so little for so long yeah. and you know it's just not back in the day where we used to you know grab a six pack of beer and go and put some flooring down and that was like what we enjoyed doing and now it's it's one of us goes and one of us stays with the yeah. kids so that's probably the biggest um biggest hurdle but mm -hmm. I'm just learning just to take a step back for a while and then get back into it whenever whenever we really feel like getting back into it and find find new properties and renovating and doing the whole kit and field, but just have to learn when to slow down. <laughs> yeah. Slow down well, go ahead. When to load all the work onto other people as in fork out the cash and, and as long as it works, it works. You don't need to do everything yourself. Exactly. Outsource and delegate. And you guys have yeah. gotten really smart with the short-term rentals, the Airbnb properties by getting a professional management company to take care of that. Cause now number one, you don't have to worry about it. Number two, you don't have to argue about it because it sounds like that was a little bit of a bone of contention there. So it, it really is a win-win and allows you, if you do decide to keep going in that direction to scale things more. Now, Brandon, I believe you're a full-time firefighter. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So how do you juggle all of this with, with family, with work, with shift work, you know, self-managing what, what, what's your secret sauce there, my friend? Uh, short answer is poorly. Um, <laughs> so appreciate the honesty. Thankfully, the shift works, so I do two days, two nights, and then I get my four days off. Okay. So, 
juggling that between the sleep and whatever. And I mean, it's been stressful in terms of the sleeping portion because I go on a night shift, something would happen. And if there's something to do during the day, well, you have to do it. Right. So, um, that becomes a little complicated, but that makes it easier. Um, I also used to sit on, uh, the board of our local credit union, uh, Noventus, which is now switched to access credit union. Um, so hopefully I'll be back on that again, but that's another time consuming portion, but it's really about relying on everybody in your circle. So like, as we kind of already said, as a contractor, Shelly's great as a partner in terms of, uh, taking on the things and we're lucky enough to have in terms of everything is what you're supposed to say there, Brandon. Yeah. In terms of everything. Exactly. <laughs> <She's the best. laughs> hey, on a side note, I'm just curious. Okay. What, what got you onto the board for the credit union? What's that all about? Why do you like it? Why do you want to go back? I'm sure that I'm sure that it's not a big pay kind of position. So what's the, what's the big benefit of being on the board of a credit union? Well, credit unions are member-owned, yeah. so there's a lot of uh, benefit in being able to shape the credit union um, from a strategic standpoint. It, I mean, I have the board of directors has no effect on day-to-day -day operations, but the general. So, so you don't have an inside scoop on getting approved for for mortgages or whatever. No, <laughs> no, there's no benefit right. in that. <laughs> Streamline uh, the paperwork. No, that doesn't. That... I really appreciated the finance side and actually understanding how the credit union works as well. So yeah. in terms of lending practices and like the ability to maximize uh, your lending, just from understanding how the banking system works um, and they're like, they're the way that they evaluate you as a person when you're going to apply for a loan, a bank looks at you and you are a number and the credit union factors in, okay, well, this is Brandon and Shelly. They've done this. Uh, I know Uncle Bob and my friend also knows him. And that comes into a play a little bit. You still yeah. have to have a plan. You still have to have a viable solution. But there's but it's more much more relationship focused as well, in addition to the, the plan and the numbers. Is yeah, that what I'm absolutely. Hearing? And I'm actually uh, I'm actually in the process of uh, so accesses um, will be electing a new board uh in march so i'm my name is submitted for that as well so we'll see if i end up back there i'm sure so, you probably get to decide, i'm so. sure you probably will i don't do they have people bashing down the door trying to be on the on the directors of the credit union? there's, there's two of us right now so <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking it's a thankless job i don't know i've never done it i've just i've been on different boards before and it's uh it's one of those things where yeah, it's it's not always appreciated as it should. Be. I I can say it's great, and I wouldn't go back if it wasn't. So I maybe I'm just lucky, or maybe I'm just a crazy person who enjoys finance. But <laughs> <laughs> now speaking of finance, you guys, you you've built up quite a portfolio. Uh, you're you're like I say, you're going growing concern in more ways than one with the family and, and the portfolio. What are you guys doing to finance your deals? Are you self-financing? Are you working with investors, joint venture partners? What does that look like right now? Ideally, as much as we can, it's to self-finance and yeah. like conventional lending by, by self-financing. Uh, in terms of our growth, um, we actually used uh, a couple different tools. So like 0% credit card rolling, just in terms of like balance transfer stuff. Yeah. And uh small loan for my sister. 
uh, just for a renovation budget. And to be fair, we still have the loan. I've never paid her back. We could do it tomorrow, <laughs> but it's nice for her. Well, she hopefully she's getting some interest on it or something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. With mortgage rates now, she's pretty much a part of a mortgage rate. So it's actually pretty good. Yeah, it was a good deal back then when we made it, but uh, she's, she's still, still a good deal for her. Otherwise she'd be asking for her money, her money back. Yeah. yeah. And then in terms of going forward, there's a whole bunch of different options. So it's kind of weird because uh, we're at a stage right now where we've sort of developed credibility. And yeah. now there's people kind of approaching us being like, hey, do you need money? Mm. We can give you money to go and, and do whatever. Just send me a deal and whatever. And I'm just waiting on the time for that to be needed, but we haven't needed it so far and everything else is cheaper. Yeah. Uh, so if you find the most efficient way, but if there's something bigger and better that can be financed with uh, other people's money, I'm totally all ears to that. It's just, it's very comforting and nice to have that availability of, hey, here's some money. <laughs> hey, wait, hey, you know what? That That is good. Have you guys, with those people that have kind of said, hey, I'm in, when you got something, let me know. Have you done anything to formalize that a little bit? Um, other than normal conversation. So these are based on friendships. So we've, I've, in a small town, we've built a, a pretty good uh, relationship with the business community. Yeah. So these people are um, people who are kind of working towards retirement and mm. um, they kind of just want to move forward on that. We've talked to lawyers about setting up formal agreements and stuff, but we haven't needed to use it. So we're not there yet. Are you guys open for a, a tip and a little suggestion that's really worked well for a lot of people that we've worked with in the past? Absolutely. Yeah. So those people that have said, hey, you guys, when you get a deal, I'm really interested in investing with you. Uh, that's great. That's that's called a soft commitment. A hard commitment would be somebody signing off on a, a contract or putting a cutting a check for a hundred grand and putting it in escrow with the lawyer or something like that. That's that's a hard commitment. What we encourage people to do is to get kind of medium soft or medium hard commitments, which is uh, get that person to sign off on an expression of interest, or in some cases it's called a letter yeah. of intent. It's not legally binding. However, here's what happens, you guys. There's a huge difference between, hey, when you got a deal, let me hear about it. I'd, I'd be interested versus getting somebody to sign a document, even though it's not legally binding, but saying, hey, I, Joe Schmo, am ready, willing, and able to invest a sum of up to $200,000 with these sharp kids, Brandon and, and Shelly, in a real estate deal somewhere in the Manitoba province, you know, you know, something, I'm ad-libbing well, a little bit there, yeah. but that idea. We, yeah. We do that a little bit, actually, with our, when we ask for a applications for a long-term rental yeah i asked the person to send in a letter of interest to yeah. me and then i review it because then that's kind of the same idea a little bit where it's showing their level of intent their expression yeah. and then it puts it plainly of you know how quickly are they going to write it how are they going to write it how serious and you can tell like what type of person they are so, if, if they're uh, applying to be a renter in one of your properties, that's what you're saying? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Cool. yeah. So we, we don't do the typical application form. Like we still ask for certain things, but I just say, write me a letter of interest. But that's actually really good on the 
on the deals portion as well. Well, so the difference with this is I wouldn't make your investors jump through the hoops of having to figure out how to write their <laughs> own damn letter. Like I, I would write yeah. the letter and just have them I'd fill in the blanks for them and just have them sign off on it. And the cool thing is uh, with technology nowadays, you can even do that on Zoom. You don't even have to be face to face with them. You can yeah. get them to do a screenshot and you sign off on that. And even if it's with their mouse and it looks like a three-year-old, doesn't matter. You know, screenshot yeah. that, you get a copy, they get a copy. And then the cool thing is, here's what we we do with a lot of our clients. And I'm thinking of one of our clients, he's hell, he's in he's in Manitoba as well. But he's rocking and rolling with this. So his old goal is to get as many of those expressions of interest lined up as possible. Then he's going, he's finding the deals. He knows he's got the money to to back him up when he needs it. And he can he can make offers faster. Now you guys, sounds like you got a a little pot of cash that you've accumulated through selling a few properties. So you can probably self-finance your next deal or two. But I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you start now with these expressions of interest and also maybe starting to, uh, to kind of systematize the whole outreach thing a little bit. And so that when you are ready, it's not like scrambling to, to get everything started last minute. Does that make sense? You guys just a, a tip and idea there for you. Works very well for a lot of people. All right. Good stuff. Well, time flies when we're having fun. So, why don't you guys tell people if they want to find out more uh, about Brandon and Shelly, what can they do? What can they do? Where should they go? How can they connect or check you guys out? Well, you can check us out on uh, Facebook at Shelly Beach Rentals and also Insta at Shelly Beach Rentals. Or you can find out about our whole portfolio at www.rentgimley.com. Beautiful Gimli, Manitoba. Gotta love it. Sorry I screwed up the province at the beginning, you guys. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks you can move it to Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in Manitoba. There's there's yeah. enough people on Ontario. <laughs> you got a good thing going. So, you guys, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun, and I appreciate uh, you sharing your story. And everybody who's listening to this, thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care, you guys. Thank, thank Thanks you so much. Take care.